0: you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. I am super pumped today for quite a few different reasons. Um, uh, on some of the topics that I'm gonna to get to talk about today. Definitely uh, on uh, the character of the person that if you're watching on video, you're already looking at. Uh, but uh, every once in a while, I just get fortunate enough to, uh, to interview somebody that I have been following and admiring for a specific period of time. And so uh, that happens to be this gentleman on the other end of the line. Uh, this is Adrian Conway. Uh, he is an elite CrossFit Games athlete, he's won team championships, he's competed at the highest of levels as an individual athlete, he's a partner in a very well-known supplement company, he's a coach for Brute Strength. Uh, if you are not a CrossFitter or in that world, you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but beyond that, and more importantly, I have followed Adrian and seen him as a very committed and dedicated husband and father. And uh, so those are the things that I admire most as I'm uh, really looking at people and their drive for success. And uh, so with that, Adrian, thanks, man, so much. Appreciate having you.
1: Ryan, I appreciate being on, man. I, you know, it's a very humble introduction, so I appreciate it, of course. (laughs) And and I've done a little bit of research on you as well, man. And I'm and I'm honored that you would have me on as a guest.
0: (laughs) Thank you. We'll 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 see what you say at the end. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that's true. That's true. (laughs) So I I do I want to dig right in because I think this is super important. So um, you are are running. Uh, probably, uh, as I would assume, full steam in a variety of areas. So you are uh, an elite coach to some very high-performing athletes. You are running a successful business in the nutrition uh, space, uh, mm-hmm. uh, supplements, which we'll get into. You're a husband, a father, um, and, and I'm sure there's so much more behind that. So where did that desire for uh, uh, achievement Excellence, success—however you want to say that—like, where did that desire first start for you? Um, so,
1: for me, this takes me back a little bit of ways. There's some, there's some background there that I've got to dive into. Um, and you know, initially, my my story started as you know a, a small kid in a in a small town um, that had big aspirations of being a professional athlete. And um, I, I was fortunate enough to have the, the focus and mentality to really be, um, kind of singular minded, uh, where that's not common, uh, in young individuals. Uh, but, but I had kind of like unique influences from both parents and from, you know, I come from kind of a split family. So I had influences, uh, from, from both families my entire life. I moved all around the United States. And, um, I was always very aware probably from about the time I was, I don't know, eight years old that, um, that I certainly was not a a big fish in a small pond that I was more so a small fish in a big pond. And what that did is it created a lot of perspective for me. Um, Knowing that like whatever it is that I wanted to do, whether it was be great academically or athletically, or, you know, as I grew into an adult, more of a business or entrepreneur focused that I needed to really be able to double down and put forth my maximal effort. Maximal attention on whatever given task that is. So uh, my dream started early, clearly wanting to be a professional athlete. Um, and I tried to align everything in my life in order to achieve that. Of course, I'm sitting here on this podcast today, not with an NFL resume at all, but more with, you know, a competitive exercise resume that most people know me for um, or if they, do, they don't know me from that, they a lot of times know me from uh, teaching level ones for CrossFit HQ um, or coaching within the confines of a gym. Uh, but I've always been extremely motivated just to be the best at whatever I'm passionate about, right? And so it's like, you know, that transition from professional athletics, uh, God willing, you know, took me or transitioned me into a still a means of competitiveness in the, in the- Sport of CrossFit, and I was always in love with fitness because I studied human performance while I played college football at Weaver State University here in Utah. Um, and then I was I was very fortunate enough just to kind of continually build bridges through relationships, and that's really what continued to provide opportunities, and still is to this day. I mean, of course, I'll be the first to admit I, I put forth my best effort, but a lot of times it's it's uh, being gracious and being kind and being humble to everyone that's around you, and you know you get some you get some good breaks if if you do the things the right way.
0: yeah yeah no no i would say that okay so uh um especially when i talk to uh people of faith and again i know that you're a christian that is a a a significant part of your life i I see you talking about that quite a bit and so as i talk to people in that space there there's this interesting tension that we play in that world and uh and i find myself in this all the time so one is um this desire to live out all that god calls us to right like we are created we are unique, uh, in the, in the specific gifts and talents and makeup that God puts into us. And he, he calls us right out into the world to be a husband, to be a father, you know, whatever that may be to be an athlete. And so we want to go do the very, very best that we can. And we want to strive our best. Right. And, and we hear about those things all throughout the Bible, just the, the striving at the same time, we want to live in this sense of contentment that it's not about the metals or the money or the building of an empire. And so where did just that whole idea, like where did faith become an, an important part of your life? And how have you balanced that tension if, I mean, I would assume you have, but if at all along the way to make sure that you were never f- falling too much into contentment uh, and at the same time not pursuing too much Uh, stuff or accolade at the expense maybe of yourself? What a
1: question, bro. I mean, literally (laughs) that's a, that's, that's the, that's the lifelong solution, right? If all of us, if all of us disciples of Christ can find that balance and really have a true pure answer to this, man, we're gonna, we're gonna save a lot of souls first of all, and we're going to be really happy if we can. But um, to, to get to truly what, what you're asking, I, i god has been a part of my life my entire my entire journey right my entire time on earth uh, god has always has a presence in my life and it's because of the influence of my grandparents my parents to some degree as well um in and out of churches i moved around my entire life um you know I, i i had curiosities about the bible i learned all of the children bible stories i was obsessed with david and goliath and learning about moses and his leadership and um you know all the different nuances that I'm now kind of teaching my son, like Noah's Ark, right? Daniel and the lions then. So I can recall, you know, going to churches, um, my entire life and and having some kind of intimate relationship with God now to what level, um, early on, it was more of like calling on God when I needed him type of a relationship, right? Like I knew that God was kind of like the savior or that Jesus was the savior and he died for my sins, but I couldn't really grasp it. Of course, at a young age, um, And then it wasn't until, to be honest with you, and I struggled with this a lot through the latter part of junior high, through the beginning part of my collegiate years, it was that um, a lot of times what I was being taught in Sunday school wasn't the same thing that I saw adults in my life living out in their day-to-day lives. Um, So because of that gap, it kind of strained me as an individual as well. I was under the impression that it was okay to go to church on Sunday, uh, worship and be faithful and appear a particular way. And then go do whatever I wanted Monday through Saturday. Right. And, and God would understand because I was a sinner and that's okay. Um, Fast forward to my, my sophomore year in college, I met a man named by the name of David Cunningham and he was just leading some on-campus Bible studies uh, with some athletes. And, um, you know, fortunate enough, I had just gone through a very successful uh, season, but I had injured myself. So, you know, I, I moved miles and miles away from my family. They lived in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm up here in Salt Lake city, Utah. Uh, Going to Weber State, I had a great season, but I was injured. felt a little lonely, and just at the right time, you know, um, I I met a man that really kind of nurtured my relationship with God, and I got to study the Bible for several weeks, uh, and really just kind of see what it meant for me more on a personal level. And um, through some weeks and some challenging studies and some really honest and hard conversations, I decided to be baptized uh, at that point. And of course, I had been baptized as a child, um, just more so out of traditional means. But you know, I wanted to make that decision for myself, and that was really important to me. So to answer your question directly, it was about the age of twenty. I think I had just turned twenty one um, where i I made you know Jesus Lord and uh, I did my best to really put all my chips on the table and, and, and really follow him and truly be a disciple of christ and um, It was challenging of course through my through my college years um, and then of course i 'm going to kind of speed the 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 journey to now as an athlete entrepreneur um you know, husband, father, all the different roles that we can all play. Um, and I would honestly say that for me, my drive, and it's, it's kind of like in Galatians, right? When we're, when we're encouraged to work for all things as if it were for, for the glory of God or for God directly. That's how I try to do my best in order to kind of like, um, I guess, prioritize each and every task that I'm going through, right? Yeah. So clearly we all serve different roles. Uh, those that seem to serve many roles best are the ones that can compartmentalize their day or compartmentalize their week so that they focus on one task at a time. As we know, multitasking is not the way to go. So what I try to do is really focus on that one task at a time, whatever role I particularly am playing, and I do the best that I can to glorify God. Um, now when it comes to like chasing things like money or success or fame, um, man, those things first of all are fleeting, and they come and go quickly, right? Like you can be successful in the world, and the world will forget about you immediately tomorrow. So the best way that I could give advice, and the way that I speak to, even through through my own heart, my actions, is that I really try to think about like, is God is God? Am I glorifying God with these actions? Would He be? Am I making Him proud from this? Mm. And, and a lot of times, if I am in the lines of business that I have, right? Like through our supplement company, FNX. I mean, we're serving people. We're in the service industry. And I've always viewed that as, you know, Christ's primary, primary role when he was here on earth. It's like, okay, so what is something that I can provide for these people that lifts them up, that serves them, that allows them to have a higher quality life. And it's the same thing with me as a coach. Um, while I'm having hard conversations and challenging athletes and finding ways to push their buttons and push them to the next level, um, really, you know, they, they, uh, they hired me to serve them. Right. And so I work for them versus them kind of working for me. And so I view my relationship with employees that way. And it's the same thing. Um, And I do my best to really, and this is very cliche, but I try to keep my head down, man, and keep working as hard as I can uh, in the day to day. And I I let whatever residual success happen. um, I I let other people remind me of it. Right. Like instead of being focused on the outcome, I'm focused more on the journey.
0: Yeah. Gosh, there was like, so much money there that people need to, you know that people need to go back and listen to i mean I, I think one thing that stood out to me so much that you said was um, you know that you're there to serve people, and that's such a, a, that's talked about so often now. Um, you know, the, the greatest leaders serve people. Business owners should be serving their employees. Um, husbands serve your wives. Uh, you know, there's just there, there, there's so many places that that thing plays out. But the practical application of that gets so difficult at times particularly when you're dealing with people i mean we're messed up too but you're dealing with a lot of messed up people right they they they're just warring against you at times and they can never be satisfied like it's just it's it's never enough and so i think it's important that like you have that i mean for you right it's it's your faith in god but like having that clear defined belief that i am here to serve not to be served is something that's so important. And it's really hard, right? Like it just doesn't come easy even when we think we got it all dialed in.
1: Absolutely, man. It's a challenge. And I think that it really goes to speak for relationships in our lives too. You know, it doesn't matter what role you serve, man, as a leader. I mean, you're, you're a leader in your business and and all the companies that you're involved in, even as a coach, but it's like, we need peer to peer Um, and then we need like people that we're particularly leading, but we also need people leading us. And I feel really find that like those people that lead me spiritually, um, those people that lead my relationship with my wife, um, you know, those are the people that really help me stay accountable to who I am as an individual and how we're living that out on a day to day life. And it's like, you know, people, people, I mean, I get it. If not, everyone listening to this may go to a church or have that connected relationships, but it's like, find some people who have you know, a, a lifestyle that you admire or live by morals that you admire or have a relationship that you really admire and would love your, you know, relationship with your spouse to look that way and see, you know, if they wouldn't mind giving you some advice or, you know, at least having that kind of engagement. Cause it's, I think it's, uh, I really think it's invaluable.
0: So I, I do want to go back in a second, cause I, I have some questions about still the past, but so as you talk about that, like, so you're in this community, you have this community of people around you that's encouraging you that 's supporting you. Uh, do you have people that are seeing into multiple multiple domains of your life? because again, like you know there's the the person that goes out into the business community or maybe even the athlete that is um, you know, the the stand-up guy, the stand-up gal, like they're, you know, they they show as though they love everybody, they're super awesome. And then behind the scenes, they're just a total a-hole to their spouse, right? Like they are just like the worst human being at home. So do you have people in your life that are able to see into multiple domains that could call you on that if you weren't aligned in one place versus another?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and for me, yeah, the the answer is yes. Um, And it's just because um, let's see, I'm trying to think about the way to kind of describe this. So the relationships that I have with those that are closest to me, I mean, most of them are spiritually based, meaning that I, I'm a part of a congregation, or part of a small group. My wife and I lead a small ministry here in Salt Lake City, similar to probably what you are. I'm sure much smaller than what you're dealing with in California.
0: Yo, you're. By the um, way, let me just stop you. You know, a lot of
1: what we do is a lot of peer-to-peer relationships, where it's almost like we have.
0: Oh, I I was just going to say there may be a little bit of a delay. Technology does that, but your small group that you're leading up there is probably the size of my whole church down here. So don't.
1: I don't know about that. Maybe <laughs> it's it's our small group is small, my my friend. But um, what I was going to say is that those relationships that we do have um, are very transparent, which means you know they're close friends of ours. But really, what they're they're there to do is foster first and foremost our relationship individually with God. So it's like myself and the other guys in the group are really tightly knit my wife and the other women in the group are really tightly knit and then of course as married couples uh, we do the best that we can to be like hey how, how are you guys Or and they ask us how are we doing you know when's the last time we had a disagreement how do we deal with it um, they share scriptures with us on how to like guide those solutions um, and and so that we're understanding that most of those matters are matters of the heart and that we need to take them to God and then communicate them together Um, and so for me, because of that, and I have that root foundation, it's a tremendous influence on the way that I treat people uh, at the offices and the way that I treat the athletes that I coach and the way that I deal with challenges or successes in the field of competition. So I feel like that, that root for me, of course, is my spiritual walk and those affect each and every facet of my
0: life. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, rewind a second here because I'm, uh, I'm really interested to hear. So you move Still there. Oh, uh, hold on one second. I, I do feel like I'm gonna switch over something here. How about now? Yeah, we're, we're, uh,
1: it looks uh, like you're, you're paused on me. How about now better? My screen, looking at you, is still frozen. Hmm. I hear you, great. I just can't see your. Now you're moving a little bit. There we go. Okay. All
0: you're right. You're good. The, the The beauty of technology in the midst of everybody being online during this time. Um, okay. So, um, so I I do want to rewind for a second because I, I'm interested to hear how this journey unfolds for you. So you are uh, a collegiate athlete. Uh, it sounded like. Football was your uh, the poison that you chose, and you were you know in, in search of that. Uh, you have this opportunity to not go into the NFL, but instead to move on to uh, CrossFit, and so you're competing there. So, uh, what was that transition like for you when you went from? uh, competing in a team sport to eventually competing as an individual. Like was there, uh, what, what was the draw into that specifically for you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so specifically, literally, you know, I came out of college hoping to play in the NFL. I, I, I got no invites to camp. I didn't make any rosters. I played two years of arena football here in Utah and then I got my level one, and when I got my level one, which which is which means that's your entry level credential to t- coach CrossFit, right? I, um, you know, I watched the CrossFit Games that year. Uh, Rich had gotten second to Graham Holmberg, so Rich Froning took second that year. It was 2010, um, and so I was like, "Oh man, this sport looks fun. I could play the sport, right?" I always I always was a weight room warrior, right? I was a I was fortunate enough to be a two year captain, and a lot of it in college. And a lot of it was because of the fact that like I was one of the hardest workers on the team. I loved the grind. I loved the grind oh. of training. I loved knowing that I could go in, put in work and come out better. Now, the transition to the individual sport out of the team sport was freeing for me to be very honest with you. And the reason is because of carrying that burden of being a captain for two years on a team with, well, I don't know, whatever it is, 50, you know, 70, 70 scholarship athletes. Um, was that now I had to only worry about myself. And so I could show up to the gym, trust that I was putting in the appropriate amount of work, suffer the way that I knew I needed to suffer in order to improve. And then when it was game day, it was all on me, you know, step up or step out. And so for me, I, I really thrived at that outlook, um, only because in college, you know, what you see quickly is that there are some very talented individuals some of which have no interest in putting in the same amount of work you are because they can potentially get by their, on their talent. And I really wanted no part of that, right? I wanted those guys that were willing to go the extra mile for our team, extra mile for success. So that was part of my struggle a little bit. Um, to, so fast forward to that individual competition. I loved it. I was like, wait a second, you're telling me I can put in this amount of work and then be rewarded for that amount of work? Oh, sign me up. Let's do this
0: thing. I'm down. And then that didn't last too long because you decided to go compete at the team level uh, for crossfit and you guys lit the world on fire for a couple of years and so was that what was what was that decision why did you feel like that that was just a great group of people around you that you really wanted to be competing with on a regular basis did you feel as though like there was just a better opportunity for you there like what was that then transitioning from I'm going to go, you went to the games, right? As an, as an elite athlete, was that your first year competing in CrossFit, by the way, that you went to the games as an individual?
1: No, no. So my first year competing, my first competition was in 2011 at the regionals. So my first in-person competition, I finished sixth. That's when they were taking only the top, uh, top three. Right. So, so that was my introduction to it. I had a lot to learn very physically fit, but didn't have skills, didn't know how to pace workouts. You know, I was the guy going out so hot and blowing up and (laughs) you know, all those fun lessons that you learn. And, um, so what happened was in Salt Lake city, you know, we have, we've got some very fit people that live in this state, Chris Spieler up the street, Tommy Hackenbrook down the street. Like it's just people were all over the place, several women who had gone to the games as individuals. So what I did is I started to actually train with Tommy Hackenbrook down at Ute CrossFit and, um, a lot of it was the draw for me was my ability to accelerate my learning process. Right. I noticed that this man had been where I wanted to go. He was second at the CrossFit games in 2009. Um, He'd been there as an individual since he'd been there three times as an individual. So we started training together. And while we were competing against each other, there was that draw of us pushing each other as well to kind of elevate ourselves past other competition. Now, after just a few weeks of this, um, Tommy came forth with the idea like, Hey man, I've got some really fit women here and a couple other guys that could help us on a team. And I think that we could go to the CrossFit games and win. And now I had reservations initially, but then the logic was better opportunity because we can win, right? Instead of showing up at the CrossFit games and potentially getting top 15, if I have a good showing, because I'd have been a rookie. And it might've been hard for me. I wasn't physically ready to be a podium athlete. So I was like, you know, it makes a little bit of sense, show up and win. And Tommy's pitch to me was, Hey, I'm going to get some sponsors on board. I'm going to tell them we're going to win the CrossFit games and they're going to support us. And then we'll get more of a reward for winning than just showing up as individuals and getting 20. Cause you just have to understand Ryan that at this time in 2012 and 2013, when we won the games back to back, the support financially um, for athletes was minimal, right? Brands weren't uh, being represented in the same way. Brands weren't fronting the cash that they're fronting now. Even the podium prizes weren't the same. So I was logically like, okay, wait a second. I could win some money actually. Um, and still be training with some of the best athletes in the world so that when one day my time comes, I can go individual and it all seemed to make sense. So that's how we rolled with it, man.
0: Okay. So you did that. You went team. And and by the way, like again, we're talking CrossFit right now. Uh, A lot of my listeners have no idea what some of this says what some of this is talking about but i think again something that you said in there was so important and it takes somebody with the humility to do this but you were willing to put yourself in an environment with somebody that had proven themselves ahead of you that was theoretically better than you right i mean just by way of experience where he had placed because you knew that was the 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 quickest way and the best way for you to be brought up to a level to where you can be competitive too, and for so many people we think that you know it, it feels really good to be the smartest person in the room, right? I mean, I, there, there's just there's no way around that. Or in the gym to be the guy at the top of the whiteboard, or you know whatever it is, you know uh, to be the wealthiest person, like that feels great for about five seconds. And then when we really start to understand the reality of what that is, I mean, at best is we're able to say stagnant. Unfortunately, what usually ends up happening is we get pulled down to the level of the company we're keeping, and that's not to say anything bad about them, but there's just really nothing to drive us anymore. And so I love the fact that you, you spoke to that because that's something that we all need to be doing on a more regular basis is seeking out people that are better than us smarter than us and that will push us to become the best versions of ourselves so that's fantastic so you do that you go compete you guys win right the crossfit games as a as a team a couple years later i know you came back as an individual you went to the games as an individual you guys went back and you won the crossfit games and and this is this is a super funny one for if i get my my years right uh for people that are fans of crossfit because 2017 that was the first year that team mayhem went to the games right with rich froning and that was the year that you guys still won the games so mayhem so the year the year i went individual start
1: yeah, so the year I went individual in 2015, that was Mayhem's first year as a team. So Rich retired as an individual in 2014. That's right. They show up at the games in 2015, and literally, even to his surprise, they win. Then in 2016, they kill everyone, walk away with it. So in 2017, and after me going individual two years, 15, and then I attempted 16, I, they had won back-to-back CrossFit games, right? And the the truest story, and this is just me being very honest, was that our team in 2012 and 13 won back to back. We were the first team with the same six to to win back to back affiliate cups. And I still think that's, we're the only ones because Rich, Rich and those guys changed their team. But anyways, I was like, Oh, these guys can't win three in a row. Rich just wins everything. So I was, I started like ch- talking with some of my friends here and we were just joking back and forth. Like, Oh, we should go team. We could have a chance at winning and it would, it would break up their, their, their streak. <laughs> right. And, and lo and behold, Months into some training, we were like, "Okay, let's do this thing. We're going to put all the chips on the table and do the best we can." And yeah, in twenty seventeen, we we're fortunate enough to put another team together and uh, win win a third
0: affiliate cup. I love it. I mean, you know, he, he he's a great representative of the sport. Uh, seems like such a great guy. But I, I love the fact that you guys were able to come back. And I remember the, um, you know, just just everybody, you know, just, just talking about the fact that, you know, here it was, here, it's going to come, you know, you guys were going to, you got, you guys were going to come in and defeat them. And, and you did. And that was, that was amazing. Uh, so then why did you decide to stop competing? Like what, what was the decision that you just decided that, uh, because you don't today, right? I mean, you're not, uh, you're no longer competing at that level, correct. And so when, when, and why did you right. decide to make that transition?
1: Well, it was a lot of things, uh, to be honest with you. First and foremost is that I I had been kind of invested in the sport headlong from 2011 until
0: 2017.
1: Excuse me. I'd I'd undergone some injuries. Um, Body was a little banged up. You know, Uh, most of the guys that compete in the sport aren't terribly, you know, tall or long. And I'm a 5'11 with really long arms and pretty long legs, very short torso. Like, it's just Anthropometrics are not on my side when it comes to the CrossFit thing and so to be good at it I had to practice a lot of movements repetitively. It kind of banged me up, you know My my knees and my shoulders were a little banged up to just be very honest So that was one side of it. The second side was that my wife and I decided to start a family. So we had uh, Elijah was about Oh April, May, June, July, August He was about four, four or five months old when we won the CrossFit Games that year And so I wanted to certainly focus on spending more quality time with him Um, And not so much time in the gym as a coach and gym manager. And then third and probably the biggest influencer was the fact that we launched FNX, our supplement company in August of 2017. So at the CrossFit games, while our team was handling business on the floor, my partners in business were at our booth at the CrossFit games, distributing our first products um, there on site in Madison, Wisconsin. So um, we had a lot going on at the time and, and I decided that, you know, First and foremost, our team was dispersing as well. Um one of our females was pregnant, which we didn't even know at the game she was pregnant, right? Like oh. literally weeks pregnant. So amazing. Um, and so she was gonna be stepping out. We had another peer that was also kind of retiring from competing in CrossFit, and a couple other teammates just moving away um, and starting you know, the next phase of life. And mm-hmm. so it, 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 the timing was right. I was putting all my all my chips in the table with F and X. Um and then we ended up starting another uh CrossFit affiliate as well. So it was just really uh transitioning almost to the next season in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you have this crazy idea. So, you know, one would say like, you know, just being a competitive athlete at any level is crazy. That takes so much commitment, so much determination. There's millions, if not more people in this world that are trying to fit into this narrow gate of elite level. You achieve that, you have medals to prove it. uh, And then uh, you decide to just get into another whole sea of chaos and craziness because the supplement world and the nutrition industry uh, is a sea of mess. I mean, it's like there's people there's products. Everybody is has some kind of claim to fame. Um, even in the CrossFit space, I mean, there you know there was very prominent brands that were trying to put their their stake in the ground there. And so, what was it about that specific uh, industry that really drew you? I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's some connection to the fact that you were an athlete, and so you know you were looking for products. But what was it that that you felt like I'm going to do this, um, and I think we can be successful at it? Yeah.
1: So the root of this story is that coming into that 2017 season, um, this is about, this is about, I would say halfway through 2016. So this is when we are first starting to talk about us putting together a team. I met a young man named Skylar Farms, who is our CEO and clearly one of the co-founders of our company. He um, had this big dream first and foremost of the supplement company. And I, as an athlete was exiting Uh, A sponsorship relationship with another brand at the time and I had told these guys I was like hey we're gonna probably put a team together that's gonna be really good I'd love to work with you and it kind of shut me down Um, with that being said I was I was in search of a relationship I met Skyler he talked to me about his vision for this company he was local to Salt Lake City he talked about where the supplements were gonna be manufactured what was gonna be happening Long story short, we developed a great relationship. And over the next several months, we kind of started to dream these dreams together. And I started making connections with some of the athletes that I knew in the space. I talked about my experience as a competitive athlete all the way from the time I was 16 years old, taking supplements, what worked, what didn't work what is popular, what's not so popular, what we need to include in products that wasn't already on the market that could set us apart. That was more nutrient dense, that was more readily available. That was, you know, anything essentially that was going to give us an advantage. And that's really when we've decided to become full blown partners in FNX and uh, start to start to push this dream into fruition and put, you know, the goal of, okay, Hey, if we're going to have a good team at the games, let's go ahead and launch our products at the games. Let's see what we need to do in order to make that happen. And that's kind of how FNX launched essentially. And that's really where I wanted to have the motivation to be in the space as well was that as I started to learn and see more of the behind the scenes and see how some of supplement brands were kind of all of the same products, just relabeled, right? Or some of the products were utilizing just really poor, um, you know, ingredients, honestly, to be very honest with you, to make up something very simple and very cheap, but knew that it had like cell appeal um, to the masses. Uh It it didn't sit well with me. And I thought that we could come up with something very different and a little bit more premium, very, very much unique. Um, And certainly one of our biggest goals was, Hey, we're part of one of these amazing communities in the CrossFit space. Let's see what we can do to create a beautiful community of our own, to have people that are like-minded, striving to be something better that can inspire one another. And hey, at the same time, let's fuel them for greatness so that they can have an opportunity to recover on a day-to-day basis and essentially live healthier lives.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, uh, obviously this isn't set up because, you know, I was using products far before I ever thought we would have a conversation, but uh, somehow I got turned on to uh, FNX uh, along the way, uh, probably, I don't know, I think it's been at least two, two and a half years now, and I started using, maybe two years, uh, I started using restart uh, so that was my my first delve into it uh the uh, dream sickle flavor is like my jam post workout so i i I love that um, but what 's been the most funny is it 's a little running joke it 's now died out, but uh, i 'm a terrible, terrible consumer of <laughs> fruits and vegetables, just so bad like it 's just it 's embarrassing uh, uh, how bad uh, it yes. is. And uh, so when, Re- uh, uh, when uh, Rebalance came out, uh, which was the green supplement, uh, I just, it was one of the first things I said was I finally, I said to my mom, I said, mom, look at you tried all those years to get me to eat greens. And all these guys got me to do it. And like, you know, just one sales pitch. <laughs> and It's been huge. Like, I just, I love the fact that I have that available to me. And so now that goes into my post-workout drink every single day too. And so... I love the products. I mean, I think that, and again, this isn't a pitch. This is just, you know, my own personal experience, but it's just, it's been so clean, so easy for me to use. I've never had any issues as the result of it. And definitely in all the years of cycling before and then on to CrossFit, um, beating up my body, it's by far been the best in just keeping my body going. So I think you guys have done a good job there, but that's just from one guy that (laughs) is way past his prime.
1: Hey, bro. Listen, I'll tell you what, that means a lot to me. That means the world. You know, um, I appreciate that kind of feedback and clearly it makes my heart smile. Those also are two of my favorite products that we offer um, daily in my own own routine. Um, so yeah, I can agree with you. I, I love them. I'm extremely biased, of course, but I appreciate those kind of words, man.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put uh, information into the show notes, links to those things. And by the way, I usually do this to some degree or another uh, throughout some episodes. But if you just heard that right now and you heard my pitch for those two products, the first person that sends me a uh, uh, an email or a DM through one of the channels once this posts uh, and says that you want those, I'll buy you uh, 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 the first of each one of those things for you to give a try to. So we'll see how that goes um okay so yeah bro hey
1: listen man i'll spot you i'll spot you those products so I, I'll <laughs> you give me the address and i'll make sure those people get them uh
0: okay we'll see we'll see uh okay so um so so here you are today to some degree um you have invested a long bit of your life into the world of crossfit um you um at the competitive level uh, as now just continuing to be passionate about it you still coach in the space you have a business that obviously is is deeply entrenched even i'm sure you have many customers outside of it but a lot has to do with the crossfit community Um, and we fast forward all the way to a day like today which as we're recording, um, we are, and this will release within the next few weeks of recording, but we are in the the middle of literally uh, the most challenging time that we've ever faced as a country um, and really as the world. Uh, And at the helm of it all is just this devastating issue with racism that it has, never gone away and it's gotten quiet for periods of time um, uh, to some degree but it has reared its ugly head with just killing of so many innocent black people specifically Um, And then into the CrossFit world, um, it reared its ugly head in there too, uh, due to off color statements from the CEO, Greg Glassman. And so very honestly, and I I didn't, I don't think I shared this with you. I I DM'd you think, I think something a little bit before this, but you were actually one of the people that I was waiting to see how you were going to respond because i felt like first of all some of you may not see adrian uh you are a man of color and so this hits home for you very directly and who you are as a human being who god created you to be uh, which means that you've been dealing with this your entire life in one degree or another uh it gets even deeper into you because now it just blows apart uh the industry that you have given so much of your life to over the last few years and so Uh, I watched uh, and I was just waiting to see how you would respond because I felt like if somebody was gonna speak wisely, uh, it was gonna be you. And so um, you seem to have responded very well in terms of your advocacy for obviously uh, doing the right thing, but all the while there was something you said the other day around not being too quick to just jump in and further divide this division that was already happening. And so like, how did that, and this is such a loaded question. I don't even know how you answer this, but like, how did, how did that all feel as this was all happening to you? Because again, like it hits you personally and very deeply. It hits you professionally, um, ethically, morally, like it just come at, it came at you personally from every single direction. And so how do you step through and handle something like this knowing that you need to go forward and year, live your life and continue to do business and continue to raise your kids and so many other things.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course. Look, this is extremely loaded and it's a it's a very serious issue that we're dealing with um, inside and outside of CrossFit. And the issue is much bigger than that. So for me was to really step back and honestly, you know, take not just one, but several deep breaths, pray a few prayers and and really think about you know, um, what's the, what's the correct response to this as a disciple of Christ first and foremost, cause that's, that's what I identify as even before I'm a black man, I'm, I'm a disciple of Christ. And there might be some people that might not agree with that and and that's okay. Um, but that is, that is how I choose to respond and how I choose to prioritize my actions or my sharing my words. So that was kind of what I really needed to do. And it was not easy it was not easy to not be emotionally responded to a statement. It still isn't even to this day as I get on social media and scroll and see people either on the far right or far left. It doesn't really matter. Black and white saying things that just breaks my heart. And, um, so, so the first and foremost thing, Ryan, honestly was patience and I needed to execute it and it was a challenge and my blood pressure felt like it was about to jump through the roof at times. Um, but I tried my best to do that. And, um, you know, when it came to the issues to have an opinion, it was important for me to say something, right? I recognized that I got, you know, 50,000 followers on Instagram somehow. And it's one of those things where it's like, maybe maybe only a hundred of them are really listening and watching, but those 100 were kind of curious. is like, what, what is Adrian going to say here? And how can how can I either maybe follow along or support him uh, in his beliefs? And so I wanted to share something. And my, my biggest echo was that, you know, Greg said things that I don't agree with. Um, and I shared this publicly as well, that I don't believe that Greg is racist. Um, I, I, You know, I've, I've only met him a few times. So of course I don't know his personal life, but I, I just, from what I've been exposed to and even the way that I've read into the statements and understood his explanation of them, they didn't come across that way. Poorly used, poorly timed. I mean, so so many wrongs, right, with, that were done there, even in the response to the email that was written to him from an affiliate um, very insensitive. Um, you know, and like you mentioned off color and just poorly timed, but um, Greg doesn't speak for me. Um, and I believe that CrossFit was much bigger than who Greg had become and his connection to CrossFit. And so, you know, my personal belief was that there's still a chance for this company to do great things and change the world. And what I didn't want to do was immediately pull my gym, uh, my personal work for CrossFit away, Uh, Just because I was upset with something that Greg said and the way that reflected potentially myself, you know, and first and foremost, like I said, he doesn't speak for me and I didn't agree with his statements, of course, you know, Um, but the role that I've been able to play in CrossFit um, is so important to me that I didn't just necessarily want to up and leave that uh, and take away my potential influence on people for years to come that, you know, at the level one, you know, we're teaching life-changing information to people that get to go out and then change other people's lives. And so for me, it was really like, okay, where is my, my energy best used here? Um, What kind of voice can I have and what can we do moving forward? And I think there are things in motion. Um, And I do believe personally as well that each issue needs to be attacked from, from different, different angles. And I don't mean to kind of ramble on here, but you know, it's, there, there were necessary people that needed to step out of the community because crossfit needed to feel that pressure right greg needed to feel that pressure of whoa the community's falling apart but now also from the inside out we've also got to have that leverage in okay so what do we need to do now you know does he need to sell his shares is that something that we're exploring dave castro clearly has now stepped over as ceo which is a beautiful thing i love dave i think he can do a great job um but also we have to see what kind of autonomy he's going to be offered in that position will he truly be able to call the shots and we we see a noticeable difference um, so there's some things that I think a lot of people are just kind of sitting back and waiting to see uh, but the most important thing is that through all of this and I encourage everyone to consider this that whether it's a close friend or even a distant enemy or a close enemy that is posting things online and saying things that offend you or hurt your heart or hurt someone else like we've, we've all said and done things in the past that have not been okay to some degree to someone we've hurt someone's feelings we've broken someone's heart we've offended someone we've we've talked down to someone we've we've spit fire out of frustration and so you know don't judge someone too quickly on that one liner that they said or those two lines on social media because we know it can be extremely detrimental um you know because because we've all you know none of us live uh, the perfect life so i think it's just a little bit of grace and empathy um, need, need to be shed in each other's way, especially right now. Um, and to be honest with you i'm not I'm not sad about the times that we're in. I'm sad about the deaths. i'm I'm heartbroken over the deaths and the terrible things that have brought us to where we're at, but I'm also very optimistic because of the fact that we're attacking these issues headlong. i'm I'm, I'm proud of the people that are peacefully protesting. I'm proud of the people that are standing up and voting and doing things that can move us in a positive way. I'm proud of all of my um, white friends and family. Cause I am half white and half black and my Hispanic friends and family and everyone else that is doing things in order to put forth positive action to change our current circumstance. And at least we're listening and having these conversations. And I think it was necessary as much as it may hurt growing pains are a little discomforting.
0: And again, you know, w- w- Depending upon, I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, everybody is somehow, you know, attached, affected, or influenced by this. But I, what I appreciate so much about what you said it's many different things—but one of the things you said was, you know, just this extension of grace and empathy to all people. And I've been very slow uh, to to say too much, very publicly, because it's broad stroking, very, very hard. Hurtful, potentially hurtful issues. But I do think that I've, I, I've observed so many people that are on the warpath to attack the character, the nature uh, of other people based upon Words they've said or things they've done. And all the while they're absolving themselves of any wrongdoing from anything else in their entire lives. It's like, you know, they've lived this perfect life to this point and they're just on the war path. And then there's no forgiveness. I mean, I even heard some people in the CrossFit community that spoke super well balanced across all these things. And then like, but then I heard them say, But there's no forgiveness for this. And I was just like, holy smokes, man. Like, you just heard what you said, right? And I'm thankful that you you and I both resonate with the fact that ultimately we know that forgiveness is found in Christ. And apart from that, there will never be perfect forgiveness. We will always have imperfect forms of that. But when you are able to say you personally, Adrian, are able to say some of the things that you said, again, as somebody that is personally affected by this because of who God made you because of the business that you're in because of the places that you're in and the influence that you're in. Like, I feel like people need to look at you not to put pressure on you, but to say like, if he can, if he can speak to these things, if he can have that kind of attitude and I know you're not perfect. I'm sure you had some days that you flew off the handle in the midst of this, but like if we can look at you and you can carry yourself in this way, we can too you know, we can do this. I mean, it's just, it's something that we need to seek out that grace, that empathy, that the human to human reconnection, and really finding forgiveness and reconciliation in the midst of this, not more division.
1: Absolutely, man. I I, I completely agree. And And I think, you know, I'll be very honest with you, without a relationship with God for me, none of this is coming out of my mouth. Right, because innately I'm a human man, and that means that I do get angry, and I do get upset, and I do want to say things that are hurtful, right? But it, but if I'm if I'm consciously uh, not making an effort to be connected to the Spirit and try, like it's it's just not in my nature, um, and I think people have to identify that that's okay, and that's where a lot of people are making mistakes, is that we're we're judging quickly people that that might not be, you know, seeking counsel and seeking advice and even praying to God first, and so. For for us that do, we gotta really use that to our advantage and, and make sure that we're speaking with clear minds and you know, open hearts, because it is it is not the easy decision to make. It's way easier to engage that argument and yeah. to be hateful and to spout out those things that are so quick, like ready on our fingers, man. We're ready to hit that hit that send button. Pause yeah. on it though.
0: Gosh. Well, I, I love how conversations like this get worked out too, because Um, If you now go back, if you just heard the last couple of minutes of this conversation, um, you'll hear it in a different way, I think, than if you go back and listen to everything that Adrian said throughout his life to this point, like the way that you approached life and growing up. And the way that you approached athletics and your desire to serve other people on your teams and in your companies and the way that that's influenced how you parent and how you lead your wife and, and then getting to an elite level and doing the same thing. Like you are who you are across all of these things. So then when you fast forward all the way to hearing you say right now, like, I'm paraphrasing, like be kind to people, be gracious with them, show mercy to them. It's because it's something that you've shaped inside of yourself your entire life, right? This is nothing that just happens overnight. And so I appreciate the fact that like, this is excellence or just, you know, mastery at its finest is is when we're striving for all these things. And then when we get into the most brutal seasons of life, like we are right now, in some sense, you can actually exercise those things in a way that people can see and believe.
1: I love it. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I think, you know, opportunities like this are when we get to show our true character and um, you know, it really shows how, how much you've been preparing for, you know, challenging times, challenging moments. If you're a competitor, you know when the going gets tough and as as mike tyson said everybody has a plan till you get punched in the mouth um people respond in a very re- real way when when adversity is present um so i think that that's something for everyone to keep in mind like hey if you're riding high be ready and if you're on if you're on low times keep training and, and keep uh fighting to uh you know pursue those more steadfast
0: times as well yep yeah all right well that's a good place to leave it man like i again i um there, there are a few people that I invite on that I have as much admiration for as I do you without knowing them first and, um, you know, we just not having any conversations outside of this one. You have cemented into my mind uh, so much of what I believed about you from a distance. And so, again, I do, I just want to reiterate the fact that, like, I respect who you are as a man um, in a day and age when we need to see men that are leading their families well, that are truly loving and serving their wives that are really daddies to their kids. Um, Like that to me is at the highest of levels. And then hearing about the way that you run your business and serve your community and are looking to support your community in the midst of even everything that's going on right now. Um, Man, you are just, you are at the top of my list. So thank you, Adrian. I just, I appreciate you so much.
1: Dude, I appreciate it. Thank you for for letting me on here and getting to share a little bit about you know, everything that's going on in the world and in my life. I appreciate you.
0: Absolutely. So what are some ways that if people want to get in touch with you, social media to follow you on, uh, I'll drop them into the show notes, but if you want to just share some of those, that way people can follow you themselves and hopefully come to admire you too.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, on Instagram, we've got at FNX underscore fit is our company's Instagram. And then for me personally, it's Adrian Conway underscore
0: all right. So we'll make sure to drop those in the show notes. My, uh, my pitch still applies. So first person that reaches out to me, um, I'll, I'll shoot you some FNX uh, uh, supplements. You won't be sorry. The only thing you're going to be sorry about is then you're going to have to subscribe because they're just that good. Um, other than that, if you guys have any feedback, questions, thoughts, concerns, anything, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm always happy to chat with you. Uh, Always looking for great guests too. So if you know somebody that can top something like today, please send them my way. Other than that, do your best to live the life that you've been called to live. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.